Well, hello there, and welcome to True Crime Bones, the Kali and Monique Taken Hostage series. With me, your host Marissa, also known as Bones. So, this is part three. Welcome. And I have no idea how many episodes, quite a few. Hope you guys like it in this series. So, yeah. Um, before we get into it, again, quick shout out, or not shout out, if you'd like to join to Crumbones Patreon, I will leave a link in the description, as well as there is a link in the truecrime.bones Instagram bio available, um, there's so many options to choose from, and exclusive content, so please consider checking it out, thank you to all my listeners, if you're new, welcome! And with this series, you might want to check out the first two episodes to learn about a bit more about this case. Or just hanging around, please check out the other episodes I've got. If you are a continued listener, thank you and welcome you back. Uh, you are legendary, you guys are absolutely awesome. I'm literally dislocating this, how happy I am. If you guys can hear my... That's me dislocating. But it's all choice. So thank you. You guys are amazing. That's it. Let's get into it. So, in the previous episode, part two, um, we got into what happened after everyone... was just chilling, having a great time, and then people literally came in bazookas blazing. Not guns blazing, bazookas blazing. Um, and captured everyone from the resort. So far they are still on the boat. Um, everyone survived the first night, and it's the next morning. They're still on the boat, so that's it. Let's continue. Monique waited for the man with the beads to finish praying before she spoke again, you know. This is last time they were just sitting there blank. Like, what? Um, she asked him, are you guys pirates? And he laughed and called out to the moustache man with the M16 who had been snoozing near the engine. They exchanged a few words before he turned back to her and pointed to a small man. He, the leader, he said. Are you freedom fighters? Kali asked the small man. We fight for Allah, he replied in broken English, adding, we are Al-Harakatul Islamia. You are our instruments. Hope I said that right. Kali and Monique wondered what he had meant by the word instruments. Tell you, no matter where, how you think of it, not good. But at least now they know. They knew there was some kind of religious motive behind the ordeal. I don't know how it makes it better, but okay. Leave a flat your boat. Monique deliberately wanted to engage with the two men. She did not want them to sense of fear, and she tried to make conversation. As if they were just 
most natural and ordinary of situations, you know. We're just chilling. We, we went just violently kidnapped from our vacation chalet the night before. No, no, we're just chilling on the boat. There was method in it all, you know. She wanted them to remember her and Gully. You know, psychologically wise. And, sorry, that's my bird. I just can't. Guys will hear all farm, versions of farm, um, in the background. It does help if, if you go psychologically wise. Making that person know you're not, you, not just a thing, but a human. Having that connection, that works. Um, so, she wanted them to remember in Kalish. She was determined that they would think of them as individuals, as human beings with names and life somewhere else far from where they were now. The night before Kali and Monique had decided to pretend she was pregnant, something it would be easy for me to do, her so-called condition would perhaps, you know, render them useless as hostages and hopefully ward off any sexual attention, like the woman who couldn't swim. We are married, Monique indicated to herself and Kali. Fifteen years we are married. I'm pregnant, she heard herself say. With her hand, she mimed a little belly over her decidedly flat stomach. Baby, she said with a smile. Man looked surprised. How much? he asked. Six weeks, she said. The man thought for a moment and said something to the younger one. You must not worry. We will not debut the woman. The smaller man said, as if he had seen through their deception. But they could not be sure. I mean, that's still nice of the man. Can't be computers in this situation. Kali tried to keep the conversation going. How much longer, he asked. Miming the boat on the sea with his hands. Three hour, the small man said. The radio crackled to life and the men lost interest in the exchange. Kali had worked out that their boat was headed in a northeastern direction and that the drums hidden under the tarpaulin contained enough fuel for at least 500 kilometers journey. They passed more islands that at times were so close they could make out the villages on the shoreline. Local people were going about their business tending small fields and herding animals on the shore. You know, life just carried on for them, doing their thing. Get down, get down, the short man at the back ordered them as they got close to the islands. As the sun moved up higher in the sky, the hostages began to feel the slow burn of rays. Kelly and Monique covered themselves with the sheet they had been given the night before. Monique saw that the older German had wrapped a cloth around his bald head. I want to say another feeling, I'm not bald, but my I burn so easy, like, I'm so light, I'm like one shade from being translucent, and I can have sunscreen on, you know, underneath something, you know, um, I don't know, like a roof, something that covers, you know, the harshest rays, not like inside a house, but you're sitting outside on a stoop, you've got like, or whatever, um, or umbrella, let's use umbrellas, with, with sunscreen, and um, 10 minutes later, I look like burnt sun-dried tomato, then I peel off, then I'm whiter than I was before, then I'm basically almost translucent, so now like, 
sun ain't ain't for some of us and i can imagine it bold if if you guys i know if i've got listeners all listeners let me know do you guys like put on sunscreen is it is it a hectic thing how does it work the heat and mobility were beginning to work on their nerves then suddenly monique began to feel sick how now i just looking at a book makes me sick she needed to use the bathroom and you know quickly she desperately looked around around wondering how she could do this without everyone watching she spotted a plastic carrier bag on the deck and decided it would just have to do she asked sorry i'm just thinking if it was i'm like it's the end of my life i'm already sick maybe i'm gonna i will just tinkle on one of the guys holding me hostage probably get murdered for it Charles Scully to cover her with a sheet while she squatted awkwardly over the bag. It was disgusting, but there was no other way. The rebels peered anguishedly at them, like, what, what, what are you doing, people? Um, Kelly was furious that his wife had been forced into such humiliation, humiliating situation. And, you know, just, like, stared them down. When she had finished, she tied a neat knot in the bag and placed it on the deck next to them. It was an unbearable sight, and she asked the rebel with the ponytail and then to throw it overboard. And he did. At least she felt slightly better now. Later, when she needed to be, she used the small space in front of them. Luckily, the bottom of the boat was full of water, and the overflow plug was close by. Monique wondered how the other women were coping. Yeah. The boat chopped its way through the sea. The journey felt in term, it's like endless, you know. And Kali and Monique held each other. Because what else could they do? They just stared out the sea, watched as countless more islands slid by. Monique was overwhelmed by the deep sense of insignificance. Every morning when I wake up, she thought of how massive the world was and how she and Kali were out there, lost and alone in these strange seas. For the first time since they had been captured, she allowed herself to think about more than this ordeal they're currently going through. Her heart ached as she thought of their family and friends back in South Africa, and how painful it must be for them to have heard the news. Khaled tried to remain positive, and reassured Monique that by now someone must be out there searching for them. It was then that Monique and other of a another of a brain had one of another brainwaves and while she had a brainwave mine decided to stop working if a search party was indeed looking for them she rec reckoned then it might be quite helpful if the rebels ran out of fuel and were forced to bob around aimlessly on unseen no i don't think so Kali knew that look on her face and wondered what she was up to you know because previously she did throw everything overboard um, so we know she has that, that spitfire in her. I mean, gotta love it. He watched astounded as she slipped off a tow ring and began to scrape the side of the finger glass fuel tank. What are you doing? He whispered. As he watched her furiously rubbing the ring against the tank. I'm going to make a hole in this drum, she answered confidently. I mean, I like it. You must be really desperate. By the way, you still wear tow rings. Do you still get those things? 
but damn. The small rebel was seated on the tank behind her, so it was a risky move, but she was determined. She covered herself with a jacket the other man had given her during the night and gave it her all. Colin tried to dissuade her, but she, would, she wouldn't. As usual, he had none of it. To distract the two men at the back of the boat, Kali offered to man the plug hole and let out the seawater that crashed over the sides. After an hour later, Monique signaled to Kali. She showed him the tow ring that had snapped in two. That was to be expected, this tow ring. She had also developed a nasty blister on one of her fingers. She realized then that she had been trying to scrape away the thickest corner of the tank. All that effort and there were hardly a scratch. I'm sorry, we just... That is Kiara, everyone. To all my listeners, that's Kiara. Um, I'm guessing she's playing with Minion, my cat. Sorry. Just then, a particularly mean-looking rebel. Aren't they all? They all seem look... I don't think anyone of them would be looking happy. But a mean-looking rebel scrambled over the drums towards the two men at the back. He was repulsive, with a wide, slopping forehead and long jaw that jutted out like an eel. He sat down and talked with the others. Monique noticed that he was ogling her. His lingering gaze was intense and worrying. She felt exposed in a short sundress and huddled in close with Kali. Monique asked Kali to stand up, to watch, you know, to check what's going on and um, so also to make like a switch um, so that she could sit behind the drums. You know, they would at least shield her from the man stare. No, so there was a clattering sound and Kali stood up again. The watch to watch what's going on. The watch and the silver chain had slipped out of his pocket and just laid there gleaming on the deck. Like oops. The old man held out his hand. Kali gathered up the possessions he had tried so hard to conceal and handed them over. The young man with the ponytail, you know the acne brown face, took both and examined them. He gave the watch to the eel man and admired the chain as it lay coiled in his palm. Monique was furious. She went through all that trouble. The chain meant so much to her. She had worn, and worn it for years each time they travel or gone diving. The man removed the cheap chain with the dog tags around his neck and replaced it with Monique's. She felt a tremendous sense of loss but knew she had to let it go. Furious, Monique settled into a new position behind the drums and covered herself with a sheet. Then she saw it. Laying limply on its side was a canvas bag that had been thrown casually onto the deck next to the drums. She dragged it under the sheet and began rummaging inside. She found a jar of peanut butter and some clothes. Oh damn, some peanut butter. You know what I love with like peanut butter with ice cream? I know that's random. Her fingers moved quickly to undo the side pocket, and that's when she felt the familiar contours of a Swiss army knife. Ha! She thought to herself, and she contemplated the sweet surprise. She couldn't believe her luck. I mean, that is some serious damn luck. And wanted to school with delight. Holding her breath, she quickly slipped the small knife into the palm of her hand. She popped her head out of under the sheet and flashed her fortuitous find at Gully. 
surprised but not nervous for their safety, left her to carry on with the plan. And that's a man who knows what his, what his wife's like all about. She had given up on the idea of puncturing the tank and decided to go for a cherry can. They were closest to her. She worked away furiously with the corkscrew and about ten minutes later, Kali caught the distinct smell of petrol as a brownish trickle snaked towards him. Monique grinned triumphantly, but Kali was afraid I mean, that the two men at the back of the boat would, you know, catch a whiff. He pulled open the plug hole and watched the liquid swirl once or twice before it disappeared down the plug. Nick felt that the fuel was seeping out too slowly and thought by sitting on the drum, she could create pressure, a pressure vacuum that will force the fluid out quicker. She stepped up and perched quite nonchalantly on the leaking container. It made a little difference, so Kali began to panic that it would take too long for the drum to empty itself. It was such a dangerous move, and all around them the ripples were smoking, lighting one cigarette after another, casually touching them at tossing their matches on the deck. Monique now regretted her act, you know, of sabotage for a moment. I mean, it would be her fault if the entire boat went up in flames and they all perished in the fire. But hey, I mean, at least they go out like blaze of glory. But there was no way she could undo the damage. Just then, one of the men who had sat up from, sat up front with the other hostages staggered over it the mess on the deck towards them. Kali and Monique had noticed him earlier. He had a large, gentle eyes, but they were not sure whether he was rebel or hostage. As he sat down, Monique hoped he wouldn't notice the steady dribble of petrol. He couldn't miss it and looked quizzically at Monique, who pretended to notice not to notice it. But then after a while, she, she pretended to notice it for the first time. The man then smiled when she pretended and kept silent, which revealed him as a hostage and not one of the rebels. Just then, one of the rebels stretched across and grabbed the damaged jerry can to top up the tanks. As he hauled out, the almost empty drum petrol spewed over the side of the sea. Monique tried to keep calm and held her breath. Miraculously, the man hadn't noticed. She realized then how risky her plan had been but was determined not to give up. If she couldn't let out the fuel, then she would try something else to stop them. She had heard once that adding water to petrol would damage an engine, she thought, about peeing into one of the drums, but realized it was impossible. Her only alternative, she believed, was to spit in one of the cans. Couldn't need a lot of spitting women. She stealthily unscrewed a lid and leaned forward, hoping to release a gob of giant proportion big enough to stop the fishing boat but by but they were both so dehydrated she could not even work up a single drop defeated she finally gave up hiding the knife in the pocket of the jacket the rebel gave her i mean she's a rebel on her own but in a good way i mean i can just wish to be like a situation like that the sun blazed down on them as the boats cruised on and on. They felt as if they were being scorched and Monique shifted in closer to Kali so that the two could hover, cover themselves with the sheet. In the process, one of her legs 
peeked out from underneath, and the short rebel called out something to one of the other men. He tossed him a small towel that he handed to Monique. He indicated that she should cover her leg. I'm Muslim. No good, he said. For one's religion was good in this situation. Another man tossed a water bottle at the rebel who had prayed that morning. He held it to his lips and drank long and hard. The Stodoms could not believe that there were, was water on board and that for 14 hours no one offered them anything to drink. But no offense, they were like kidnapped. What did they expect, like five-star service? The man looked at Kali and Monique and then passed them the almost empty bottle. And again, that's nice. They each took a small sip, careful to leave some for the other hostages, and, you know, and they tasted. And it, like, best whatever happened to them, which I can only imagine. Then the men unwrapped a cassava root snack that looked like a long white cigar. Oh, I love those. We call it like, um, Sakerstock. Oh, um, they shared it amongst themselves before offering the last piece to Monique. She bit it into it. It was bitter and awful and she almost gagged. Kali politely declined. It's supposed to be sweet. Why am I mistaken? As they reached yet another cluster of islands, the boats slowed down. The men on board grew tense. By now, Kali recognized the signs. They spoke quickly and loudly and held their weapons ready. This time, some slipped on the balaclavas while others took up position with the bazookas. The boat began to skid wildly between the islands as if men were lost and all looking for something. The radio crackled with tiny sound of men's voices only talking to and from. Eventually, the two boats pulled up next to each other, a little way out of sea. It was the first time they had seen the other boat up close, and Kalimani could assess who else had been captured. They spotted the tall Frenchman and his girlfriend, the resort manager, Aida, and then they saw the young woman who had traveled alone, the bikini one, if you guys remember. Third, hoped that she had at least managed to escape. Being on her own must have been terrifying, they thought. Least they had each other. They smiled at her. She looked pale and tired. Yeah, because she's going to look like seriously happy. There were several more people in front of the boat. The rebels seemed to be making fun of a young person with long hair. Are you a girl? They taunted the lanky boy as he defiantly lifted his shirt to show of his bony male chest. It was quite quiet for a while as the two boats bobbed up and down. Control, control, came over the voice radio. The small, the small rebel grabbed the radio and began to jabber. Kali caught the word police and sacrifice. Shit. And thought that the men must be negotiating with the search party for their release. Then suddenly, for the umpteenth time that day, the rebels shouted across each other, picked up their weapons, and heaved the engines to life. In the confusion, Kali began to seriously believe that they were about to be shot. How else to explain this sudden frantic flight and the rush for weapons? He was convinced that these men were capable of killing the captives to prove their point. Just then, a small fishing boat rounded an island and headed towards them. 
Kalian menik Valdanisi. Who were these people? Should they feel afraid? Or relieved? As the boat drew closer, they saw two men wearing balaclavas on the bo- on board. As the they made contact with their boat, the men greeted the soldiers like old friends. Guess we now know. And amid much embracing and backslapping, they loaded a crate of soft rings and plastic bags on board. It was clear that the island's inhabitants supported these men, and Monique realized that it would be pointless to even try to escape. It was unlikely that anyone would help. The young man with the ponytail handed Kali and Monique a Coke. Coke brings everyone. There was like the, I'm not, wasn't born in the 70s, but I like watching there was this, I think it was in the 70s, this ad. Coke brings everyone together. Everyone just staying drinking Coke. I can't even drink Coke. It was random. It was sublime. Their first proper mouthful of liquid in over 20 hours. I mean, they just had a little sip of water earlier. They drank sparingly, knowing that fizzy drinks could lead to further dehydration and thirst. They have got like the, um, how do you say, control. I would never be able. Though I can't drink Coke, but it was like Sprite or whatever. I downed that bottle for a second. A packet of oh biscuits, a packet of biscuits was tossed in that direction, and Kalin caught it, but decided to save it for later. You see, that's why I will die, because that biscuits haven't even reached the floor before it's done. The small refreshment, if you could call it, stop had, you know, lifted the spirits of the captives, and some of them managed to smell weakly at each other. The fact that they had been given something to eat and drink, by the way, not a coca. This is not Coca-Cola sponsored. No matter how much con Kali and Monique, they believed that it was a sign that the men would not harm them. The boats roared off again. Islands surrounded the craft that had begun to race about wildly, chopping and changing directions. The engine on the second boat stalled again, and the men on board cursed and shouted, calling their comrades over on the two-way radio. The one boat circled to the sea chaotically in search of the other. They reconnected and the stalled motor soon spurred to life before the boat bumped off noisily over the waves. A second tropical storm came up. Once again, torrential freezing rain lashed down on them. It was just one more assault on their senses. Monique had enough. She couldn't stand it anymore and began to sob. She heaved and howled with frustration and helplessness. Tears streamed down her face with the rain. Once again, Kali took her in his arms. They wondered if and when this nightmare would end. The rain stopped and suddenly, as it had started. The radio on the boat was silent. They had lost contact with the other craft. And there seemed to be, a, you know, headed, so it seemed to be headed somewhere as well. It was then that they noticed two smaller fishing boats in the horizon. The skipper, ladies and gentlemen, slapslit. You guys, like, in this series, all the animals are going to make an entrance because slapslit has just entered the bathroom. You guys said, nope, that is the... If you follow me on, on the True Crime Bones, the Bones Instagram page, that's the white cat. The one that wants to murder everyone. The main villain has arrived. To continue. 
The skipper roared off towards them. Get down, get down, the small rebel ordered. He spoke to the fishermen on board. They didn't look up and it was clear they were petrified. The shouting between the men on the boat grew louder and more frantic. Monique and Kali crept under their little sheet to escape it. Then suddenly, the ear-shattering sound of machine gun firing rang out. Kali and Monique literally shook from the sudden shock of it. The blood drained from their bodies and they instinctively covered the deck. What was happening? Were they being attacked? They peeked out from under the sheet and saw the smaller rebel holding his gun up in the air. In the distance, Kali heard more machine gun fire. The pattern of the volley echoed those that had been left off from the boat. The men were obviously signalling their position. Kali was furious. They clearly didn't care about the welfare of their captives. Oh, shit. Um, an unguarded machine gun lay nearby. They were so sure everyone would just go along with this, Kali thought. It would be so easy just to pick up a weapon and take out three men at the back near the engine. But what then? The others were bound to return fire and all the hostages might be hurt or killed in the crossfire. Because this is not, you know, a Bruce Willis film. They actually can hit, bad guys can actually hit you when they shoot. The smaller rebel started st stared at Kali. He wondered if he had read maybe his mind, what was going on. Bird area, he said before tossing an old pair of flip-flops in Monique's direction. Well, that's random. She gathered that they were about to move into hostile territory and that she might soon need these shoes. I mean, he'd be staring, thinking, maybe reading my mind that I want to kill you all. Nope, no, he just want to throw some flip-flops. Okay. The two boats, sil boats slid silently towards large island, the biggest they had seen so far. Kali and Monique spotted a row of bamboo huts on stilts in a mangrove swamp. Further back, people wearing white straw hats cultivated small rice paddies. The small rebel ordered them to cover their heads with their sheet. They peeked out hoping that villagers would spot their arrival. Some of the women in the fields looked up. A few stared straight at them. Emotionless, Monique wondered whether it was out of fear or loyalty to these men. From nowhere, a flotilla of smaller boats with heavily armed men appeared and guided the two fishing boats towards a bamboo hut perched above the swamp. There were more soldiers inside. Many shoved and pushed for a, few, for a view from the small window. The captives were ordered out of the fishing boats and onto smaller wooden dugouts. There were three hostages and one rebel, the canoe. The boats that had come out to meet them vanished up in a small river that bled out onto the swamp. There was an eerie quiet, it was eerie and quiet as the small canoes pulled up next to another and the small, at the small bamboo hut. They drifted there for a while before moving off again. Kali and Monique could only hear the hissing sound of the jungle around them as the small canoes reached a shallow, muddy embankment. The rebel ordered them off the canoe, but told Monique to stay. You're pregnant, he said. I mean, you remembered that. I would Just kidnapped a lot of people. How do you remember all that details? A fetid 
Stench rose from the mud and Monique was grateful she didn't have to walk through it. Up front, she could see the other canoes discharging their unwilling passengers. Eventually, Monique staggered out and Kali helped her over the last stretch of the mud. As he held her arm, she heard one of the male hostages cry out in pain. The group made their way slowly towards three small identical huts that stood on their spindly legs on the bank of the muddy river. They flopped down. It was then that they saw that the man who cried out had cuts, had a cut in his toe. I don't know about you guys. I've broken a lot of bones in my life. Like, I've broken so much, you and my soul. Um, and a lot of injuries. I can deal with it. I've literally gone days. Nothing has happened. But when you hit your toe or you step on like a sharp rock with your foot, it's like the soul leaves the body. It's the most painful thing ever. So I know it's like, it sounds silly, but jeez, I would rather break whatever. What was the last thing I broke? Jeez, I can't remember so many. I'd rather break my ankle than step on something sharp with my foot. If I'm the only one, let me know in the comments, please. I'd love to know. Yeah. His cut was so bad, blood oozed out of the gaping wound. One of the soldiers brought a water bottle and poured it, well, not the bottle itself, put the water in from the bottle over the man's foot before handing it to the desperately thirsty captives. They all copped it down. Yay. They hardly had time to take their in the surroundings before the confused, tired, and bedraggled hostages were marched up a smaller boggy path to a clearing near another bamboo hut. They were ordered to stop. That was it. They'd arrive. Why on earth? They don't know. Well, we reached the end of part three and the Kali and Monique Taken Hostage series. I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. Please let me know. Thank you for listening if you made it this far. You guys are legendary. And in the next part, part four, next episode, we will be discussing the, the other hostages, you know, because um, obviously it wasn't just Kali and Monique, even though they are the main focus, as I do only focus South African, but we need a bigger picture. We need to know more. Um, and where they were from, or like they died, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, I'm loving this this case. I know it's a bit different. It's not a murder, say, but I don't know. It just has me. And I hope you guys are feeling the same. Again, please let me know. Um, and oh, thank you again for listening. And remember, crime never sleeps in South Africa. So stay safe. Ta ta!